So when I say you're to be selfless, what I'm saying is you're not giving yourself to be a punching bag. Mm -hmm. You're giving yourself to be Christ-like. And although Christ went to the cross for us and he took on punishment that was beyond descriptive words. Yeah. He was taking it on for himself. He wasn't saying you now have to do the same. Hi, you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenna Lee Samuel. On this show, I bring the simplicity of hearing God's voice into everyday life in a no-nonsense, authentic, and super practical way. With coffee in hand and real life in our faces, let's do this. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode here at Java with Jen. I have a return guest on the show with me, Miss Sarah Ho, Sarah Jane Ho of Sarah Jane Ho Ministries. Wait, Sarah Jane Ministries, right? Okay. And uh, she was such a delight. She's coming on again before in the episodes previous, she was uh, shared about lies that women believe about the church and lies women believe about relationships. And today, given the month of love, the month of February, we're going to talk about three ways to love radically. Now, Sarah, what you guys don't realize is she is a licensed um, therapist, which you can give us the technical terms when you introduce yourself, Sarah, but she owns uh, counseling centers and she is a professional in this area. And this is an area that she wanted to speak to because many times we are disillusioned via Disney or rom-coms or all these different things that teach us what love should look like. And God's ways are usually quite contrary to the way that culture tells us things should go. So Sarah, thank you for being here and go ahead and introduce yourself for those who are unfamiliar with you. Yeah. Hello, Jenilee. My name is Sarah Ho. I am the owner of Mended House Counseling uh, in New Mexico. And I'm also a pastor of two different churches, one out of the country and one in New Mexico. Um, I love talking to people about God and their relationships. And so, you know, the love is right up my alley and I'm excited to talk about the uh, radically different way we should love others. Yeah. So, okay. So tell me, because you see a lot and you experience a lot in your line of work, was there a pivot point or a moment or even a story that you can share that really highlighted for you? And maybe it was the culmination of, of a lot of moments, but was there a distinct moment where you were like, wow, love has to look different for us. It just has to. Yes. So, you know, as a, one of my main, um, specialties is marriage and counseling. And so most of my married couples will come in and they will say things like, um, you know, we're just not getting along. We're, we're not doing marriage. Well, we're on the verge of divorce. And, you know, when you get to the heart of what's going on, it's always, always, always communication. Mm. And, um, the root of the communication is selfishness as opposed to selflessness. Mm. And so I was seeing, um, my patients were, when you listen to them, it's very much I, 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 Mm -hmm. and never how can, um, how can I fix me? Mm. It's this, this is what's happening to me and you did it. And so it's always pointing the finger at the other person and not looking internally Mm. as to what we can do to fix ourselves. 
So how do you, and I know this might be a bag of worms. So if we can't dive deep on this, that's okay. But I do agree with that because I do feel like most people, the challenge is getting outside of ourselves and learning to serve and love better. But what about in situations like I had been in a situation where I took so much responsibility thinking what you're saying, because I had been trained, you know, you have to learn to die to yourself and give and whatever. But I was actually in a relationship that was toxic and abusive. And so I was trying to learn to love better when really there was actually a glaring problem. So I realized my situation was probably more the exception to the rule than the rule. However, I have found that there are a lot of people that do find themselves in that kind of a position. And the the blanket principle of just, you need to learn to be more selfless really kept me trapped in that world because I didn't know I had permission to draw a line and say, okay, but this is actually really broken beyond my repair. You know what I mean? So how do you maybe even help people distinguish that in their journey of learning to love well? Right. So being selfless doesn't mean being abused. Mm -hmm. And so if you are in an abusive relationship, whether mental, physical, emotional, um, any sexual, any kind of abusive relationship, that is a lack of that other person being selfless. They are being very selfish. Mm -hmm. And so when I say you're to be selfless, what I'm saying is you're not giving yourself to be a punching bag. Mm -hmm. You're giving yourself to be Mm Christ-like. And although Christ went to the cross for us and he took on punishment that was beyond descriptive words. Yeah. He was taking it on for himself. He wasn't saying you now have to do the same. Hey, busy mama. I know you may have so many dreams bubbling in your soul. And I want to propose that podcasting could be a good way to get started. If you're a born communicator, a teacher, mentor, or you just have a message you want to get into the world, sitting behind a mic is a really low pressure, low risk way to get started and make a mark. I want to introduce my podcast plan mastermind. It's a 10 week journey designed for you with bite-sized steps that fit perfectly into your busy schedule. In just about five hours a week, you'll have your podcast live literally by Thanksgiving. No joke. I want to invite you to join my supportive pressure-free space where you will be coached by me to unleash your message into the world. One of my recent students hit number 55 on the U.S. charts within just two months of launching her show, and that's not easy to do. And another, working 70 to 90 hours a week, is already reaching listeners in almost a dozen countries. I've created the coaching experience that I really wish I had when I started, and I've packed it with secrets on creating, growing, and monetizing your podcast. Are you ready to turn your dreams into a reality? Let's chat. You can ask all your questions at javawithjenpodcast.org to book a call with me because your voice deserves to be heard. And I want to help you build your dreams and make them a reality. Mm -hmm. He wasn't expecting his children to be abused and beaten and spit on and all that kind of stuff. He was expecting them to be able to say, I'm going to love you despite your behavior, but that does not mean I have to accept your behavior. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I like that you mentioned that. So in that, and and I think that's probably a whole nother episode for another day, but um, I just wanted to touch it lightly because, because 
it is a factor for some. So sure. what what are three ways that we would love radically? And maybe even I feel like those principles should be able to translate even into whether you're in a healthy, normal, normal relationship with normal dysfunction. You know what I mean? Like a communication barriers and learning to be selfless or even an abusive one. I think love can, those principles of love can still translate either way. Um, so what do you feel like are three ways that we can learn to love radically and how does that touch the communication thing that you're talking about? Sure. So, you know, I had mentioned to you talking earlier about how, uh, you know, my generation grew up believing that we had Disney's princess view of marriage and the white, white knight, knight in shining armor, kind of, um, unrealistic version, rom-com, everything turns out great in the end, they get together, <laughs> um, and unfortunately, that's not the truth. Uh, society would like us like us to believe one thing, but Christ is actually a hundred and eighty degree difference mm. from the world. He is not of this world. He is supernatural, and he does not operate the world the way the world does. And so, what he tells us to do in love is completely opposite of what the world says. The world mm. wants us to be happy, but Christ wants us to be holy. So there's one radical uh, view of loving somebody differently is instead of loving them because you're trying to be happy, you need to love them to be holy. Yeah. So loving them like Christ and being the person that, you know, I'm, I'm doing my actions, not because I love you, but because I love God. Yeah. And so I'm going to do what God has called me to do in and for our marriage even if it goes against everything you believe, so long as it's what God believes. Yeah. Um, so that's one. Uh, another one is. I might, I might stop you there. And I feel like yeah. alongside of happy, sometimes <clears throat> we can confuse happy with safe because sure. feeling safe can make us happy, you know, right. but I want to distinguish that for anyone listening too. is like in a healthy relationship, there has to be safety. Now in a healthy relationship, you can still have moments of being unhappy but you shouldn't be unsafe. Right. And so, right. And so I wanted to distinguish that for those that are kind of like, okay, well, I'm not always happy. That's okay. That's normal. Um, unsafe and unhappy are two different things. Right. So, you know, safety is very important in a marriage. You go into a marriage, putting a covenant in place with God to say, I'm going to choose this person above everybody else. I am going to, um, be the best version of myself for this person. I'm going to take care of their needs. I'm going to, you know, I mean, marriage is so sometimes nasty that our, our significant other could be sick and we're having to wipe them in places we never wanted to wipe before, <laughs> but that's what marriage does. Like yeah. I'm willing to put myself in that vulnerable place mm -hmm. because you and I agreed to keep our marriage, the priority just below God in yeah. this covenant arrangement. Yeah. And so, um, lots of things can make a person feel unsafe. I mean, any kind of abuse, mm -hmm. automatic, unsafe, mm -hmm. uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. But there are subtle versions of, um, behaviors that make a person feel unsafe. That is stuff like adding another person into the middle of your marriage, whether mm -hmm. you're a person who, enjoys porn um 
you're adding somebody else into your marriage. It may not be a real life person that you can touch and see and be in the presence of, but those thoughts are being put into your head while you're trying to be intimate with your spouse. Mm -hmm. So that makes the spouse feel unsafe that I'm not enough for my significant other. Yeah. Um, so putting another person in the middle of it, whether it's like I said, porn or a relationship that um, is of somebody of the opposite sex mm-hmm. and you're sharing details with them that you should be sharing with your wife, that is putting another person in there in that space mm-hmm. and making your spouse feel unsafe. Yeah. Um, even words you say, you know, mm-hmm. if you're calling your husband lazy, that does not make a husband feel safe in his marriage. It makes him feel like he is being disrespected and yeah. unloved. So there are subtler ways that creep in that make you feel unsafe. And um, if you're a holy person or if you're attempting to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, presenting holiness, mm-hmm. you treat the other person as though they are protected in that marriage. Yeah. And I think that's where the selflessness comes in because selflessness takes the role of once I realize that the little things I'm doing may make you feel unsafe. Maybe it's as simple as interrupting you while you're talking or being overly critical or whatever it is. That's where selflessness has to step in and say, I'm willing to change that about me in order to make you feel more safe and more loved. And so that I feel like would be a distinguishing place where happiness and safety are, are distinguished and, um, selflessness and safety are priorities, but are distinct from each other. Okay. So what would you say is the second, the set you were about to say it earlier? Yes. So the second one I would say is, uh, understanding the communication style. In other words, instead of me trying to make my point come across and, uh, you know, express myself so much that it's like, I need you to get this and I don't care how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to ask the other person, how do you feel like I'm doing? Have I been improving in this area? Is there something else I can work on? What can I do to make you feel love. I mean, we, we talked before about the love languages, um, in one of the other episodes and I mean, he was right on the money with love languages. You feel yeah. like you're low in some area. You can totally ask your spouse, Hey, um, I know your love language is acts of service. Do you feel like I have been doing a good job with being that person that, that provides those service acts for you? Or is there another love language that I'm just not picking up for you and not doing a good enough job? Because sometimes like I'm not a gifts person at all, Mm -hmm. but when I haven't gotten a gift from my husband or a friend or haven't gotten flowers in a long time, I'm feeling like, "Ah, where's my flowers, you know? (laughs) Um, And I really don't like gifts. It's not Mm -hmm. my thing, but there are times when those, you know, he calls them tanks when that tank is too low. Uh-huh. And even though it's not the tank that I typically operate in, I need it, uh, you know, filled up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So taking the time to ask the other person instead of them having to ask you, mm. your spouse should never have to ask you, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Are we okay? Um, is it, am I doing something um, that I should fix? Like they shouldn't have to ask 
you should be able to um, provide the information. You should be able to say, I love you unconditionally. There is nobody that's coming in between us. There is nothing that is going to ever um, divide us, babe. We are totally yeah. great together. You, you shouldn't have to ask if that's the case. Yeah. And I was, um, I was, lis- no, I was listening to Lisa Turkhurst um, podcast yeah. last night and she was talking about very similar points she was making. The episode was about lying, um, but, and why people lie and whatever, but she was essentially saying the way you build trust is not by them having to ask, can I check or them having to verify facts, but rather you being proactive about saying, Hey, I just want to show you here's, Here's uh, where I'm, the space I'm living in that area that you're trying to build trust. And so essentially it's the, the proactiveness of taking the initiative to say, am I loving you well? Um, it builds trust because you're taking the initiative to show them that that is on your mind and on your radar rather than them feeling like they constantly have to ask. Once they're asking, they're already in a deficit. And so right. the damage is already done. <laughs> right. And that that's a really good point. The damage is already done. So being proactive, like you said, is an excellent way to show that you love your spouse because you're taking the initiative without having to be asked. You're actually saying, you know what? I don't think my husband would appreciate me, you know, going to this location without having told him. So I'm going to text really quick and see if he has any reservations. Yeah. Or, um, I know that my wife, um, has a lot going on today. So I'm going to let her know that I'm going to be home at three 30 so that she's not, you know, wondering when I have to have dinner or whatever, yeah. you know, it's, it's thinking about those things ahead of time that shows the love, um, uh, because it's, it's saying, I thought of you, like, yeah. I didn't have to ask you, I didn't have to check some box off. I actually thought of you on my own. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that comes out a lot in the communication. Like I said, your spouse should never, ever have to ask, are we okay? Do you yeah. love me? Yeah. Um, because it should be present all the time. Yeah. Even when you guys are not doing well, if you're arguing about something or there's some kind of disconnection, that safety of knowing that we are still married, we're not going to separate. It should still be present even in the arguments. Yeah. No, that's true. That's really good. Okay. So the first one was selfless communication. The second one is proactive communication, right? Is that correct? The first one, uh, was sorry, (laughs) holiness, holiness, holiness version of communication. Gotcha. Um, the second one was proactive and I would say, um, I I would say really selflessness is third because Mm -hmm. selflessness kind of plays into all of them. However, when I say selflessness, I'm thinking more of, um, just taking the time to do things that may not be something you want to do, Mm. but you know, your spouse does. So I'm going to do this for the sake of it's something they enjoy and I'm going to enjoy it because they enjoy it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Not, 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 I'm going to do this because I need to check that box. So I win the brownie points for the week. Right. But that, you know, like, um, and can I say right there, men, it's not a box you check so you can have sex that night either. Yes. 
Yes. Thank you. So like for an example, I, for years have hated sports. I, I think it like to me, I know so many men are going to be so upset with me when they hear this, but I just, I feel like it's a total waste of time. Uh Although the flip side could be said about rom-coms. I'm sure every man in America could be like, yeah, and we don't want to watch your romantic comedy. So, you know, (laughs) yeah, um, I get that. And so, because I know that I have had to learn how to love sports. Mm -hmm. Now, when my husband physically plays sports, because he's in a football league, he's in a golf league, um, when he's, and he used to be in a basketball league, when he physically plays sports, I am like the most obnoxious cheerleader you could possibly ever imagine on the sidelines because the man just looks good doing it. He just I know, right? <laughs> However, watching professional sports, um, there are some that I really like. I really like watching soccer. I went to the um, New Mexico soccer league and it was amazing. Uh-huh. I like watching hockey because they basically- They're wild. Yeah, they're wild. They take their gloves off and they start beating each other. I think it's fantastic. Um, but to watch baseball, to watch basketball, to watch football, I've had to learn to love those things differently. Yeah. I will say baseball and basketball still aren't on my radar because I still think eh, it's a little too boring for me. Uh-huh. However, football, I have learned to love. I've asked questions. I've actually turned the TV on. My husband will be um, doing stuff out in the yard. And so he ha- we have this TV out in our backyard and he'll have it on and he'll be watching. I will turn on the same football game upstairs when I'm doing work, just so I know what's going on so uh-huh. that I can ask him about it later. So Aww. I'm still connected to what he loves. Yeah. Um, and so I have learned to love it because I know he loves it. Mm-hmm. I have learned to love um, golf. I used to not like golf. I thought, gosh, who wants to walk around 18 holes and kill your arms while you hit a ball. But I'm telling you, I so thoroughly enjoy it. Oh, and I actually took some golf lessons just so I could be a little bit better. So I'm not embarrassing to my husband. Um, but I've had to learn to do that because it's something he loves. It's his passion. Mm -hmm. And I love him so much that I want to be involved in the things that he loves. Yeah. And so you should be doing those things for your spouse. That doesn't mean I want husbands to take up crocheting (laughs) because their wife likes to knit uh, coasters. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if she enjoys stuff like that, why don't you buy her some yarn? Yeah. Bring it home to her. If she, um, you know, enjoys going to rom-coms once a month, take her to a Mm rom-com and sit with her as though it's interesting. I mean, I'm not telling you to cry like a baby because they got together in the end. Uh I'm just saying, enjoy the time, hold her hand, let her know that, you know, you're there with her in that space. Yeah. If you're not a rom-com person, period, then say, babe, Hey, I know that there's a movie you want to watch. Why don't you call your, your gal pal and have her go out with you and I'll watch the kids this weekend. Perfect. You know? Yeah. There's ways to, yeah, there's ways to nurture it. And I think that, um, I have found that like my husband loves certain things that I don't love, like football. I mean, I prayed that I would marry someone that was not a big sports guy. So I didn't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And I got what I prayed for, but now I have four boys and they're all in sports. So I'm like, well, whatever. There was no way around that mountain. And so yeah. I have learned though, that when it's a football night, I actually look forward to it. Cause I like to get all the food out. And then it's like munchy time and hangout time. And there's a lot of energy in the room. And so 
I'm totally naive, but I still ask questions and and I have learned to love it because they love it. And so Mm -hmm. same thing. And so those are three really great ways to love radically. It's God is, wants us to be holy more than happy, Yep. but holiness does not mean unsafe. Safety actually is holiness. Like when you're walking in holiness, it will create safety, which does make way for happiness, but happiness is not the number one priority. Uh, And then proactive communication, right? Mm -hmm. And then loving selflessly by taking interest in what they enjoy. Yes. Yes. Those are really great. Those are beautiful. Now, listen, Sarah is an amazing woman. She's got to get onto a counseling session and she took time to interview with me today. So Sarah, I'm going to let you go so you can do that. But real quick, tell people how they can find you online. You can find me at pastorsarahjane.com, Facebook, Pastor Sarah Jane, and Instagram, Pastor Sarah Jane. Um, And I love answering any kind of God questions. So please shoot them over to me and I will be doing my very best to communicate what the word of God says to you. Awesome. Well, you guys, thanks so much for tuning in. And Sarah, thank you for coming back, especially with such a small little window, but it was still really good and I loved it. Um, And you guys go check her out online. Also make sure you're following me at Java with Jen on Instagram, and we will see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, Hey, it's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Also, don't miss our merch store where you can get super cool Java with Jen swag and coffee. Find it at javawithjenmerch.com. Until next time, remember... Hearing God's voice is simple, and He wants to be a part of your everyday life. See you next week.